Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. I believe that God wants to do something with us. He wants to take us and to use us. You know what I mean? Uh, I I like tools. It is, uh, you know, back in the 90s, if you guys remember the show Home Improvement, some of you guys remember that? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I like tools like that, right? Oh, 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 right? I like tools. I, I, I do, and... And when I get tools, I don't just like to have tools. I actually like to use the tools I have. You know what I mean? What's the point of having a nice tool if you never actually use the tool that you're... Oh, time's up. i got to quit preaching. <laughs> I don't know. That's a joke. But um, what's the point of having a tool if you never use it, right? And see, I believe that... Far too often we as Christians sit up on the shelf when God really wants to use us. He has a purpose for us. Just like a drill, you drill holes with it. A saw, you cut things with it. God has made us for a purpose and He wants to do something with us. I'm not, this morning, I'm not going to preach to you about God wanting to do something with us. Now everybody's confused, right? I thought you said God wanted to do something with us. Yes, He does. And we need to understand that God wants to do something with us. We, we need to kind of get that point. Because what I want to tell you today is that before God can do something with you, He wants to do something in you. And as we, uh, you know, as I told you around this time of year, I, I think a lot about what's past, but I also think a lot about what the future holds. Where it is that, that God, what God wants to do in my life next. Lord, what is it that you're calling me to do? Who is it you want me to be? Where is it you need me to go? Who is it that I need to speak to? And as I look at these things throughout the year, uh, I, I, one of the things I come to understand is before God can do anything with me, there has to, He has to do something in me first. So we're going to look at the, in the book of Exodus chapter 4 and we find a story about a guy by the name of Moses. Now Moses, God had his hand on Moses' life in a big way. When, when he was a child, the Egyptians were looking like, wow, all these, uh, all these uh, Hebrews, these children of Israel, right? All these guys, they're, they're, they're growing so big and so great, they're going to be even greater than we are. So here's the idea. Let's just kill all the children. So the Egyptians went through the, the camps of the Israelites and they began to kill all the children. But Moses' parents, in an effort to save him, took Moses and put him in this basket uh, and, and sent him down the river. Now that's a pretty treacherous journey when you're an infant in the basket. But through the grace of God, this child Moses ends up being found by the family of the Pharaoh. 
and is raised in the house of Pharaoh, but had the opportunity to be brought up by his mother. As the years progress, he lives a life of privilege in the house of Pharaoh. But one day he sees an Egyptian beating a, a Hebrew, and he ends up killing this uh, Egyptian. And because of this, he ends up on the run. He, he's approximately 40 years old at this time, right? He ends up on the run, and he flees into the wilderness. And he ends up here. He gets married, and he ends up um, tending the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro. So for 40 years, the first 40 years of his life, Moses is, is a guy who's living in the privilege of the palace. The second year, the second 40 years of his life, Moses is a guy who is living uh, in the wilderness, tending the sheep. But we understand that God, uh, God's hand had been on his life and God had a purpose for him. So when we pick up the story, the, well, we're picking it up uh, that Moses, this is, this is the end of that second 40 years, and Moses is out here tending the flock, and while he's out here tending the flock, God calls him and begins to speak to him. Now, I told you in the beginning that God wants to do something with you, and God wanted to do something with Moses. God had a plan for Moses. But before God could begin to work with Moses, God had to do something in Moses. The first thing that he did, we read in chapter 3, and we're going to get to chapter 4. But the first thing I need you to understand that he did is he brought Moses out of where he was to the place where God could use him. We find out in chapter 3, Moses sees this burning bush, right? He calls to Moses out of the burning bush. Moses, uh, first off, Moses sees the bush and he's curious, so he goes and looks. God speaks to him out. He, you guys have, have heard the story. Moses, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. God begins to speak to Moses. Changes the direction of his life as he's speaking to him. But then we get over into chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he answered and said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. Now this is significant. It's significant in a lot of ways in Scripture. Um, but it's significant to you and I. Because one of the, one of the biggest... Uh, roadblocks hurdles that we have to overcome as believers in doing the will of God in our lives and, and really getting out and working for Christ is the idea that we really don't have what it takes to do it. 
Because in so many different things in life, in so many areas of our life, you know, there, there is always a, a minimum criteria that you've got to meet. Go and apply for a job today. You want a good job, right? You go and apply for a good job. One of the things that you will find is there is a section in the, uh, the job posting that will say required skills. Or required education. In other words, if you don't meet these minimum requirements, then don't even bother applying. Don't try. We look at it oftentimes in sports. Well, I'm not good enough at this, so if you're not good enough, then no point in trying. So, when we read this scripture, one of the things that God begins to tackle immediately is Moses said, you know, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to hear me. If I come and I talk to them, they're not going to listen to my voice because who am I? What am I? What can I do? So the question that God asked Moses in response to this is, what have you got in your hand? What is it that you have? As in verse 2, it said, and the Lord said, verse 1, he, he says, well, they won't hearken to me. They'll say the Lord has, hasn't appeared unto me. But then in verse 2, the Lord responds to that with a simple question. What do you have in your hand? Now, uh, let, let's think about this for a second. Moses is up there, and he's having this conversation with God. God is telling him, you're going to go to Egypt. You're going to speak to the children of Israel. Moses says, I can't do it. They won't listen to me. They'll say that God didn't appear to me. And Moses, uh, the, the response that he gets from God is, what do you have in your hand? If you stop there, right, you stop there, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Why would God ask Moses what he has in his hand? Well, Moses, he says, well, I have a rod in my hand. God said, that's good. A rod is just what I need. I want you to throw it down there on the ground, Moses. Moses throws it on the ground. Guess what? It turns into a snake. And it must have been some kind of snake because the, the scripture we read, it said Moses fled from before it. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of chuckle when I read that. You got to realize, I mean, Moses didn't know what was happening here. He, God says, what's in your hand, Moses? And he's like a rod. And God's like, well, throw your rod down. And Moses throws his rod down. Boom, it's a snake. He's scared to death. I don't like snakes either. But when I find out that the rod I just had in my hand turned into a snake, I'm really a little scared. So he throws it down and, and there becomes a snake. God says, okay, and here's the, here's the tough one. This is where faith comes in. He says, Moses, pick it up. Right? Woo. <laughs> you, that better be the voice of the Lord. <laughs> and he picked it up and guess what happens? Turned back into a rod. Why is this so important to us, Aaron? Well, it's important to us because oftentimes we look and we say, 
well, I don't know if God can use me because I can or because I don't have this or because I don't meet the minimum requirements. We think that there's some kind of posting out there. These are the minimum requirements to tell people about Jesus, to spread the gospel, to be a Christian, to, to live your faith uh, out in public, to live your faith at the workplace, to live your faith at the school. We think that there's a minimum requirement before we're able to open our mouths and, and really speak about Jesus. And, and, and like, well, I, got, I haven't met that minimum requirement, but all God says, what do you got in your hand? I'm not interested in what you don't have. I'm not interested in the places you lack. I'm not interested in, 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 in all the shortcomings that you have, all the faults that you have. I just want to know one thing. What have you got in your hand? What do you have? Because I can take what you have and turn it into a miracle. God wants to change our perspective. The perspective that we have that we're not good enough, we're not able enough, we, we can't do this, or we're not able to, to, to make this happen, we're not able to, uh, to, to be a, a great enough speaker or knowledgeable enough in the Bible to be able to tell people about Jesus. We have to stop that. Well, I don't have anything to offer, I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to that. So what? What do you have? What can you do? What capability do you have? Because one thing I know that God can take that, the thing that you can do, the thing you have, and use it for His glory. Maybe all you got is a stick. Well, a stick's enough. Now, Verse 5, we, we pick back up. It says that they may believe the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. Verse 6, and the Lord said furthermore unto him, put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. And he plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as other flesh. Verse 8, And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken unto thy voice of the first sign, they will believe the voice of the, of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Now, I left that last verse in there for a specific reason, and we'll get to that. But for all of, all of you who, when I was uh, talking about that first point, says, well, I just really don't even have anything in my hand. All God really needs is just the hand. Did you catch that? Well, my hand's empty, Lord. I'm not even holding anything. I have nothing to offer you. I have nothing to bring. Nothing of value. I don't know if there's a single thing that you can use in my life. All he really needs is you. He can use what you got in your hand, but I'm telling you, all he really needs is you. Moses, this time don't use the rod. 
just take your hand and stick it in your coat. He stuck it in his coat and he pulled it out and he had leprosy. God says, put it back in. He puts it back in, he pulls it out, and it's gone. Like new skin. Well, that's... That doesn't have... I don't know about it. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you. God can do something with you. He can do something with you. He can do something. He wants before he can do something with us. We have to understand He wants to do something in us. And the first thing He wants to do is to change our understanding of who God is and what it is He needs out of our lives. What He really needs out of our lives is willingness. All He really needs is us to give ourselves to Him. He doesn't need a bunch of stuff. He doesn't need education. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need those things. But if we'll give God us, He can do something with that life. If we'll just give ourselves to Him and commit ourselves to Him, God can do something with that life. Something that is miraculous. Something that you, you don't expect. Something that you never would have thought you would have seen. And all He needs is you. That's all He needs. Well, I can't because I, I, I've got this problem. Or if I do this, then, then this thing will happen. Give it to God. Give God the places you fall short. Because if He just has you, He can do something marvelous. Now, I told you that, that I went ahead and read verse 9 for a reason. If you uh, realize, if you remember, the first things that happen, of course you had all the plagues and all the things that are going to happen, right, in Egypt. But the first things, well, when Moses went to Egypt, he cast his rod, his staff on the ground, and it turned into a serpent. Of course, the Egyptians, like, oh, we can do that too. And they threw theirs down. Of course, Moses is ate theirs. The second thing was this miracle, this plague of leprosy. The third thing that God does is the rivers, the, the water of the rivers was turned to blood. God is giving Moses a preview of what it is he's getting ready to do with him. He's giving Moses a little glimpse of what he is about to do with Moses. And I'm telling you that God wants to give you a, a vision, a picture of what it is that he can do with your life. A little taste of what it is that he's able to do. Maybe you're here this morning, you're like, I don't know what God can do. But in your mind, somewhere in your mind, you begin to see and you begin to understand that God really wants, you know the kind of person that you could be with God in your heart, with, with Jesus living inside of you, with the Holy Spirit at work in your life. You know the callings that he has inside of you. And as I'm talking right now, you begin to see that and you begin to understand who that is that you could be this morning. There was a man in the Bible, his name was Gideon. You read the story about Gideon. Gideon was the least. 
He was in the least tribe. He was the least uh, family and the least son of uh, he, he was In his mind, he was the very least. And God had chose him to be one of the judges of Israel. And it was through him that, that Israel was going to be delivered. And they get ready to go out and fight a battle. Thousands of troops show up. And God's like, no, I don't want anybody's afraid. Send them home. Well, anybody you don't drink water a certain way, you send them home until Gideon had a handful of people. And here's Gideon. He's like, wow, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. How, how can this happen? So God, God wakes him up. He said, Gideon, listen, I want you to go down. This is in Judges chapter 7. He's like, hey, Gideon, I want you to go down to the enemy camp. Okay. He goes down to the enemy camp. Uh, verse 9, it says, And it came to pass the same night the Lord said to him, Arise and get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, thou wilt go down with fear of the servant, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go unto the host. Then he went down with fear of the servant unto the house, or unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And listen to this, and when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent, and it smote it that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand God hath delivered Midian. And all the host. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshiped and returned unto the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. See, Gideon was a guy who was full of doubts. And then God, Gideon had a, God had a big army. And, and you know what? What? God did, he just whittled it away, whittled it away until Gideon had just a few hundred people. Against a great host of Midian, and, and, and Gideon's like, there's no way we can win this. There's no way that we can win this battle. And God's like, listen, Gideon. I know you may discourage and you may be afraid. But let me just show you a little bit of what I'm going to do. Gideon went down to the camp and he began to hear that dream about a barley loaf. Isn't that a crazy dream? I've dreamed crazy dreams before. I've never dreamed one about a barley loaf coming down a hill and rolling over a tent. But when the guy that was there with him heard, heard about the dream. He said, oh, that's none other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. Gideon, who was the least. Gideon, who was the very least in all of Israel, in all of Judah, the very least. The enemy knew his name. The enemy was afraid. Because the very least with God 
is greater than all the powers that can come against you. The very least in God's army is greater than everything that Satan might throw against you. And listen, this morning you may think, I'm the very least. There's no way I can do anything that could touch someone's life. There's no way I could do anything that could uh, impact someone for Christ. You may look and all you see is shortcomings, failures, uh, places where you can't measure up, places where you just, you, you just not what you think you ought to be, but I'm telling you, that when we give ourselves into God's hands, when we give ourselves to Him, that God can take the very least. Even though what we have is meager, even though what we have we feel isn't enough, God can take the very least and make the enemy tremble. With the very least. And this morning you need to get a picture of that in your life. You need to get a vision of that in your life and understand that, that you're not second rate, you're not second class, but you are exactly who God wants to use to do something spectacular in this community, to do something wonderful in your family. You are exactly the person who He has chosen. He wants to do something in you this morning. Before, he, before He'll do anything with you, he want, He's got to do something in you. Amen. This morning I believe that there are people who are here who the Lord is speaking to. People here this morning who, who know that he, he's, he's dealing with, like, I want to do something in you. I want to do something inside of you. And you know it's you. You know that He's dealing with you this morning. You know He's speaking to you. I hope this morning that you understand that it's very normal, very reasonable to have doubt. It is. We all do. The question is not whether or not we have doubt, whether or not we have questions, whether or not we have fears. That, that, that's really not an issue this morning because we all do, every one of us, me included. There are times when, when I look at the purpose and calling that God has put in my life and it is way too big for me. It is. It's bigger than I am, bigger than I'm able to do. It scares me sometimes. But this morning at, at issue is, is not whether or not we're afraid or we have doubt or we have fears. Because we all do. But this morning, the thing that we're really concerned with is if you, if I, will give ourselves to God and let Him use us to do something miraculous in this world. To do something miraculous in our lives. To change the course of our family, of our community. Of our friends. Will you answer that call? Let God change your direction like He did Moses's. As we get a, a song this morning.
Moses spent 40 years of his life living the good life, right? Living a life of privilege. But then, through circumstances, he spent another 40 years of his life living in the wilderness. As we all stand this morning, I want you to understand that God wants to call you out of your wilderness. God wants to call you out of that place. And He's speaking to your heart this morning. Maybe you're like Moses, but Lord, I can't. They won't. It's, no one will believe this. No one will believe it. I, I'm, I'm not strong. I'm not able. I can't do this. All you need is Him. Because He can do the rest. This morning... As we sing, if the Lord is dealing with your heart, if he's speaking to you, I'm going to invite you to come and pray. I believe there are people here this morning who the Lord is dealing with. And you just need to give your life to him. You don't have to worry about all the details. The details are God's. But a life that is committed and turned over to him. Now that's something he'll do something with. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.